Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. going to open up with some sad, melancholic song concluding the season that was for the Edmonton Oilers. Screw that. Let's get after that. This is Oilers Now. It is brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next office network printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. It's a Tuesday. It's the day after the season is over for the Edmonton Oilers. They will do extensive uh, interviews today later uh, with the media as well as Edmonton Oilers head coach after the Oilers dropped a uh, another heartbreaker. Third straight overtime loss against the Winnipeg Jets. Edmonton gets swept the game, went in a triple overtime. And we'll have, obviously, lots to talk about. It is a Tuesday. That means Mark Spector, Sportsnet spec for the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing and breeding industry. He will join us today from 1230 to 1.30. Horse Racing Alberta. The horses remain in training. They continue receiving the utmost in care. Stay safe, and we'll see you at the races when it's safe to do so. So here's here's what we got right now. Um we have a situation where the Oilers lose the playoff series in four straight to the Winnipeg Jets. And for the, you know, for Oilers fans right now, you know, it's, it's, it, it's a tough go. There's no question about it. There's some exasperation and frustration. Uh, for the, the listeners of the show that are fans of other teams that, uh, like to take the opportunity to take shots and those sort of things, well, they're, uh, you know, they're probably smiling. That's, uh, heck, we even got a couple news readers that uh, aren't the biggest Oilers fans, as I recall, we've seen over the years. It comes with the territory, and uh, when your team doesn't get to where everybody was hoping that your team would get to, you end up in a situation where there's a little bit of introspective look at what transpired and what went wrong. We will give you a little bit of open line time. Late in the second hour of the show, we'll bang off as many texts as we can. And we'll tell you, you can text us at any time on the Ashley Pine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Update those old floors with one colored engineered hardwood for only two ninety nine a square foot. Head to AshleyFineFloors.com for more. And you can reach us on the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Again, uh, we will extend... Uh, 
a little bit of open line time, uh, depending upon some other potential availabilities today at 1.30. When the province returns to action, so too will the River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. You can text us at orders now. Text me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer, and text Brendan Escott at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. The top story for legacy heating and cooling. Get your AC today with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. The Edmonton Oilers season is over. To the Oilers Now Audio Vault for direct workwear, supporting local and Canadian manufacturers in Edmonton and online at directworkwear.com. Jack Michaels with the call. It's do or die for the Edmonton Oilers, staring at a 3-0 series deficit. Wheeler, back door, one-timer score, Mark Shifley, power play goal. Drop pass, dry subtle, back to McDavid, cuts behind, wraparound score, and this game is tied. Here's Morrissey, redirected behind Mike Smith from the left point. A tip by Mason Appleton. Middle of the ice, Nugent Hopkins launched, save made, Hellbuck, rebound, score! Nugent Hopkins ties the game at two. Well, Ryan Nugent Hopkins needed something to go right for him there, and that's maybe the first time that you'd look at a goal against on Connor Hellebuck and go, he's got to have a little bit better re- rebound control. Timer drive subtle. Stopped by Hellebuck. Rebound. Chase on. He scores. Alex Chase on. Power play goal. And Edmonton has its first lead of game four at three to two. A centering pass. Connor, one timer score. Mark Shifley has tied the game. And it seems like Winnipeg is content to play over time for a third consecutive game in this series and a third time in four nights and that's what we'll do and now Connor McDavid busts out of the zone with Leon Dreisaitl Oilers pour over the line McDavid gave it up and Winnipeg down the other way Kyle Connor's got a breakaway rich shot score Connor wins it 4-3 in triple overtime and the Jets have swept the Edmonton Oilers and so it ends. Here's Dave Tippett, Oilers head coach on lengthy overtime games. But when you get into long overtimes, then like that, I've been in a few of them. It, it seems like one team will get a little momentum and get a few chances, then the other team will, and then it'll kind of be stagnant for a while. But I thought our guys hung in there. You know, we turned over a puck and uh, and they ended up tying it in uh, in the third. But we uh, we kept working. We uh, you know, I felt like our team was in good rhythm. Schmidt was making some big saves for us. And, uh, you know, it's too bad we couldn't get the one we needed. Connor McDavid, Oilers captain, had these comments on the disappointment. I think we're, we're a group that expects more from ourselves. We're a group that, uh, you know, you know, we want to... Uh, we want to push and, and, uh, and, and continue to grow. And, and uh, we, uh, we didn't didn't do that in the playoffs and and uh you know still sour i think uh i don't think anyone is going to deny that mcdavid added an additional comment on squandering two straight third period leads against the jets they they wanted to, to, to sit back and and uh and and uh and play a good solid defensive game i i thought our game was pretty solid defensively as well you know obviously you look back at the the, the two games here in winnipeg you know we got leads and uh we don't find ways to close them out Darnell Nurse was tremendous last night. Many of you last off season, we discussed the fact, uh, based on work ethic alone, that Nurse had the potential to be a first pairing NHL defenseman. 
I think we saw that come to fruition this season. He led the NHL in even strength goals by defense with 15. Last night, Darnell Nurse played 62 minutes and 7 seconds. He was an absolute horse for the Oilers as the Oilers shortened the bench. More on that in a second. But for Darnell Nurse, he said the series didn't feel like it was a sweep. You go over the four games and, you know, a couple bounces in, a, in, a, in an eight-minute stretch. Like, for a lot, a lot of that series, we played good hockey and then the way that the way that we drew it up like there's a lot of things that you go back and watch and you know you, you'd be happy happy for the group like that you know we adapted and, and played hard and sucks sitting here right now it, it, it sucks for for all of us Ryan Nugent Hopkins had one of his better performances of uh, the playoffs last night uh he says the Oilers responded well after the game three collapse we didn't just lay down tonight I mean it would have been easy to um throwing the towel and uh we didn't do that we battled um the entire night right into the third overtime um it's it's disappointing it's tough to tough to swallow right now but that's uh there's not not a whole lot to say it's uh it is playoffs and it is one or two bounces here and there and uh every game that's kind of what it came down to all right, uh, we'll circle back to Connor McDavid because he was asked post-game his thoughts uh, on whether or not major changes were needed. It's the little mistakes. Like, uh, it's just the little ones, you know. It's it's not like it's uh, earth-shattering stuff here, you know. We're not, uh, you know, we don't need to, to, to leave here and, and think we got to rewrite the, the, the ship here. Like, it's, it's, it's little things. It's a fine line, and... You know, we talked about, uh, you know, those lessons, I guess, we've learned throughout the years. And, you know, it's obviously another lesson that uh, we got to take with us moving forward. And for Oilers head coach Dave Tippett, the focus for uh, the Oilers organization and for he and his staff is on Edmonton becoming a perennial contender. We want to we want to become a team that's uh, that's a playoff team every year. And the more times you give yourself a chance, the the greater chance you have to be successful. And I remember when I first started coaching in Dallas a long time ago, Bob Ganey worked with us, and that's what he said. He said, "Tip, you just got to get in, have a team where you get in the playoffs every year, and then you can find those years where something special happens." And you know, we've had two years in a row here. We've got in. We've got to continue to improve. There's some there's some building blocks that are in place that we need to uh, continue to build on. But we want to be a playoff every, team every year give ourselves a chance to compete for the cup every year so there's some hard lessons you learn along the way you know I thought we took some steps this year overall and uh, how we play as a team how we defend as a team uh, things that are have to be in place if you're going to get to the point where your team is a as a top contender so it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We need to continue to work at that, but right now it feels a little bit hollow with the way things went in the playoffs. Uh, absolutely. It didn't go the way anybody who uh, is an Oilers fan, anybody connected to the organization, 
anybody who supports the organization wanted to see it end. Couple things here. That's cut the BS and cut to the chase. Uh, kudos to Connor Hellebuck. 950 save percentage. We brought this up after game two of the series. When you have a situation, uh, there's better teams than Edmonton that have been stymied by goaltending. And goaltending was a factor. The Oilers got good goaltending. The Jets got great goaltending. I, what's the old saying from Pat Burns? Goaltending 70% of hockey. Unless you don't have it, then it's 100% of hockey. And good goaltending in hockey is like good pitching in baseball. It can trump the hitters. That's just kind of the way it works. Connor Hallibuck had a 950 save percentage. There have been better teams than the Oilers, far deeper teams than the Oilers, that have been vanquished in a four-game series. Maybe they didn't get to multiple overtime games because of Golden. And I'll give you a clear illustration. The Pittsburgh Penguins in the lockout year of 12-13 finished first in the Eastern Conference. Remember, there was no East-West crossover that year. Had the highest-scoring team in the NHL in the league in goals for. Had the top power play in the uh, East. Sidney Crosby and Jenny Melkin had already won Stanley Cups, and they played Boston in a conference final and scored two goals in four games. Tuka Rass stopped 134 of 136 shots in that series. That's what goaltending can do for you. The Jets got it. They had a Vezina Trophy winner. He had an 877 winning or save percentage against the Oilers in the regular season. The Oilers caught the Jets in two or three games where the Jets were a little bit fatigued. We discussed this ad nauseum that this was not going to be an easy series. Full disclosure, I said Edmonton in six. I did. I did not expect the Oilers to have uh, the start, specifically in the opening game to the series, and we weren't sure where the Jets were going to get back uh, Nikolai Ehlers. Once they got Dubois and Ehlers back, I don't think it can be denied for a second, and I think most of you know this, and you can text me on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, the Jets were a little bit deeper. So... Game two, three, four, all go to overtime. They found a way. The Oilers didn't. They did. The reality of the situation, the, the smart, objective Oilers fan looks at it and says, you know what? Winnipeg had better goaltending. They were deeper. I, You know, it's funny. I've had lots of people, and there's been lots of neutral people out there. Dom Lushishan from The Athletic. Uh, others suggest, how does Connor McDavid go four games without drawing a power play for the Edmonton Oilers? It is what it is. Complain about the officiating, it's a loser's lament. You sit there and you host a, a show called Oilers Now, and if you bring it up, fans of other teams, and we do have fans of other teams that listen to the show because we endeavor to get good guests on the show and have compelling radio for you. And you know what? The numbers, uh, let's just say they're competitive for this show. Um, but at, at, at the end of the day, it sh- tells you something about the National Hockey League, that the best player in the world, and he is the best player in the world, can't draw a power play. The overtime last night, they call a penalty on Yamamoto. There were about four plays like that during the course of the first, second, third overtime periods. The Oilers didn't benefit from a, a, a power play in overtime with the league's best power play in the regular season. You know what? It's It comes across like a loser's lament. At the end of the day, Winnipeg was just a little bit better, but it does tell you something about the National Hockey League. It's almost like they want their stars to overcome more. And maybe it's because the people in key positions in the NHL don't really identify with the stars because most of them are grinders. 
And that's the irony when people target teams' best players for failures. The reality is come playoff time, those best players, they actually have to work through more because they get fewer calls than they do in the regular season. That's just that's how it works. You know, I, I saw another comment today about, quote-unquote, the Eiserman moment. It has to be the stupidest narrative out there possible. First of all, Steve Eiserman was never the best player in the National Hockey League. He never won a Hart Trophy. He never won an Art Ross Trophy. Secondly, Steve Eiserman did not win a Stanley Cup until his 14th NHL season. He had 11 playoff years where the Red Wings got out of the first round three times, and he was injured in one of the two playoff series against the Oilers in the late 80s. I think it was in 88 that he didn't play many games that year. So in he must have done a hell of a lot of learning then over the course of those eight years where he didn't get out of the first round because they got upset a bunch of times. And thirdly, as most of you who are educated know this, the reality is Detroit didn't win until they had the Russian Five, which included Sergei Fedorov, a guy who actually you know was a, a Hart Trophy caliber player at times in his career, Nick Lidstrom, who was a multiple-time Norris Trophy winner on defense, Brendan Shanahan, and the rest of the Russian five, like Konstantinov and Larionov and players of that ilk. Oh, and they added um, they added Larry Murphy, who played, I don't know, 13, 1,400 games in the National Hockey League on defense after he got run out of Toronto because, you know, Toronto knows so much about winning in that market that they booed the guy right out of town and the Red Wings stole you got to have depth. That's the issue. Come playoff time. The best players in hockey at forward play 22, 23 minutes a game. You need saves. You need depth. And the Oilers lacked in depth. And we knew that. And that's why all season long on this show, we talked about Edmonton sort of being a 7 through 12 team. A team that takes care of business against bad teams in the regular season the last two years has the two best offensive players in the world the last two years can't be debated. It's not really close, okay? A team with the best power play in the league the last two years by two-plus percent. That's a considerable amount. And a team that wins games three-on-three three because they've got two of the best offensive players in the world. But we all knew Edmonton was challenged depth-wise. And this is the off-season to do something about it. Finally, the team has cap space could be as much as $25 million. Read between the lines of what I'm saying here. If the organization gets creative, if the organization uses the CBA to their advantage. So you can be pissed off and disappointed and upset by what happened. Most of you aren't going to be blaming McDavid and Dreisaitl for the failures of the team because to me it's apparent what happened specific to this series. And oh, by the way, you're not playing against the Drakes. The Jets had a good hockey club. And they went through a little bit of a run late in the season where, by the way, they lost Nikolai Ehlers. Dubois got a little banged up. Shifley got benched, the goalie let in some tough goals, and they fought their way through it. And the Jets, as we said often on the show, have tended to be an emotional team. And they got some positive momentum early in the series against Edmonton, and the margins were tight. Three straight overtime losses. It's frustrating. Some of you are angry. Some of you are mad. Some of you are sitting, same old, same old. 
I think others of you sit there and realize the opportunity that's there for Edmonton this summer to reevaluate left wing positions one, two, and three, to potentially add a third line center. You got to find out where you're at with Clefbaum. Logic to me dictates probably an 80% chance you're going to need to replace second pairing left shot D. And then you need a change in the goaltending combination. Though certainly based on a meritocracy, you would suggest that Mike Smith would warrant being re-signed. So as frustrating as it was, the last two seasons, the team probably exceeded expectation in the regular season and then didn't get it done come playoff time, partially because of depth and partially maybe last year a little bit more because of inexperience and they didn't get stops. I don't think Mike Smith cost them the series this year. The other guy was just tremendous. And now you know what you got to work on to get better to improve. To go from being a 7-12 through 12 team in the league, which the Oilers have been the last two years, to being a legit top eight team every season. That's, and you know, you heard Dave Tippett. To be a team that's there and in the mix every year. So I'm going to be really intrigued to see uh, what ends up transpiring. A couple other notes last night. Oilers cut the bench to basically nine forwards. Couple guys, Devin Shore and Tyler Ennis didn't even start the series for Edmonton. They were out there, fairly regular. Gaetan uh, Haas was another guy. Actually, I thought Gaetan Haas played pretty well. Nugent Hopkins, that might have been the best game he played at center all season long. Uh, on defense, Oilers had Adam Larson, Tyson Berry, and they went with Ethan Bear for most of the year, and they went through the trials and tribulations of Ethan Bear. That third goal against was a that was a rough play, and when you watched the availability in the morning with Ethan Bear, I got a to me like if if you see how Tyson Berry and Tyson Berry's got six years on Ethan Bear, and there was for all the criticism Tyson Berry's got five e five that might have been one of his best five on five performances as an Oiler all season long. He was really good. Ethan Bear had some tough moments. There's no question about it. And uh, and the order short in the bench went down in nine and four. I got to tell you, I was a little surprised. I kind of thought you might want to run the other D back, uh, that third pairing. Not sure quite what happened with Cuckoo there either, because I didn't mind his minutes. So you tell me what you think. Texas at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you. Uh, we'll do NHL today at about one thirty five for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. We'll bang off some texts. Sportsnet spec when we return on Oilers now after a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.